Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's conversation was with the writer, Twitter personality and sex worker Gia James. I met her at Todd Talks a couple of weeks ago and we had a great chat and I said when she's next in Sydney we should catch up for a conversation and tea. So we had tea at my favourite place, Taka Tea in Double Bay. There's a little bit of clinking as Taka puts teapots away in the background and there's some smooth jazz lounge covers of 60s pop songs as well, but I think it provides a nice ambiance. I thought about it for a while because of my new um, my new thing where I'm trying to do higher sound quality given that I have a little bit more spare brain space than I have had for the last six or eight months. Uh, I wanted to step up the sound quality and uh, try and get it really top-notch so that's an ongoing project and I've got a new recorder a Tascam and I'm hoping that will work for that um thank you everyone who's emailed me in at alisarfraser.gmail at gmail.com and uh at alliterative on twitter I got a really nice message from a guy called Jeremy who said that getting my podcast is like getting a regular surprise package full of interesting ideas and he hunted down my patreon page so thank you jeremy i also got a nice email from a woman called melissa who said that she enjoys my conversations with christians as a non-christian uh she she says she is a christian and she doesn't normally admit to being a christian as it conjures up images she's not comfortable with thanks for broadening people's definition of what it is to be christian i wasn't i, I didn't think that was a project of mine but i'm glad it was a side effect melissa and thank you for writing to me and thank you for listening to my podcast um i think that's all i have to say Grief is such a strange thing. We really don't, we really don't tackle it enough in our culture. I think like it's just something that people don't really see. Like the idea of death and grieving, it's just like all over here. Yeah. And suddenly it happens, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. And but no one talks about it, and no one wants to talk about it, and it's just really awful. Like, yeah. It's such I've, a strange I've been culture doing a living. little bit about it recently yeah. because it's been kind of at the forefront yeah. of my mind. Yeah. Um, and it's weird how many people have sort of said, oh, thank you so much. Mm. This is not something that anyone ever talks about. And yeah, no, people don't. It's weird. I don't understand why, but it must be hard. That how's your? And some of you, I didn't know that your mum had passed away until um, I think it was someone told me after the show, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, it's, sometimes throwing yourself into work though can be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do when things happen. I just go, I'm like, I'm just going to go to work. I like, just do work. Me, me, yeah. <laughs> you like emotions. I don't know those yet. <laughs> well, particularly because like comedy is performative yeah so you just have to be okay yeah you can't fake being okay when you're on stage you just have to be okay yeah for the time that you're on stage yeah so it's a nice like yeah distraction and stuff so your um your podcast and stuff i don't think i've listened to it before okay um so i talk about ideas that are difficult ideas yeah so the thing that podcasts have that no other medium has is um you can explore an idea properly. Yeah. Like if you're on the radio, it needs to be a sound bite. If you're on TV, it needs to be a sound bite. If you're on Twitter, it needs to be a sound bite. Yeah. Maybe you can do a blog, but even so, people are going to read the headline before. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, so a lot of the stuff that people talk about is stuff that you just go, you'd say it and you go, wait, hear me out. Yeah. 
So, like, Claire Hooper, who as a kid talked about how she feels really sorry for pedophiles. Yeah. And she thought that having a kid would change that, that she yeah. would feel more afraid of them, but yeah. she doesn't. She still feels really sorry for them. Yeah, I'm sorry for pedophiles. Yeah. It's like my worst nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have this weird phobia that I would wake up one day and I would become a pedophile, like this weird, anxious thing. I think I was like, I oh, the idea of, like, I think the thing that frightens people the most is, like, the lack of control. Yeah. Like, not being able to control urge impulses and stuff, or people who can, and then, like, I don't know, it's a weird thing. It's like a, yeah, it's a weird one. I would be surprised, too. I think if I had a kid, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, uh, wouldn't, like, let them, you know, go hanging out the pedophile's house, but I would definitely still feel empathy towards people with that kind of problem. Yeah, mm. and it is a problem. And then, because yeah. of the way that we treat it, like, it's a, a monster thing. Yeah people hide or they go okay I'm going to do something which means I'm never allowed to explore my sexuality at all I'm going to go be a priest yeah, and then yeah. people are like here look after all of the children all of the time <laughs> and you're like oh, that was a bad plan like, they're like I know where I should go how about the boys crowd that'd be good yeah. I don't think surely nothing Well, I'm interested in your feminist stuff. You mm-hmm. mentioned that you're feminist on your mm. Twitter profile mm. and that you're a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because I am an unbeliever in almost everything. I'm pretty <laughs> agnostic about most things. Yeah. Um, I walk into the club, seriously, going to fucking AA. They're like, just listen, ask. They're like, ask God to just take away what you don't like about yourself. I'm like, like, no, no, no. I'm sorry, that's not going to work, everybody. I'm like, please, God, um, just take these things away. And then, you know, like, what the fuck is this shit? But I have to stop being a stalk about it. I found a really great guy's blog today. He's like an agnostic, um, alcohol, like, um, addict. Mm. He's talking about using, um, using agnosticism and, um, AA and 12 steps and whatever. And he's like, you know, the higher power is like your reality. Blah, blah. That's interesting. Anyway, what were you talking about, strat signs? Uh, no, I'm interested in, in that, the mm. AA stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm friends with Greg Fleet. Who's that? He's a comedian, um, Australian. Oh, Thank you. A legend of a comedian mm-hmm. um, who's very famously a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. And he's been a heroin addict, a functional heroin addict, more or less functional, mm. uh, for, since he was in his 20s and he's in his 50s now. Oh, wow. So, good on him. Yeah, rock and roll, full of power too, buddy. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, and he, I think he's been off for like six or eight months. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm. Um, but he was saying after six months, that was the longest he'd been off since his twenties. Mm. Very confronting, going sober. You're like, what do I do with myself? Um, well, so I mean, my theory is that. Particularly comedians, there's a relatively high level of addiction. Oh, absolutely. But often people give up one addiction and replace it for another. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who was an alcoholic who then became very Christian. Mm-hmm. Which you've got two options. You either find a healthy mm. alternative, a healthy, not completely destructive alternative, or you figure out whatever the underlying issues are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that most people trade one off for another. So, you know, it would be very easy for me. Like, because when I start now in AA, I've got to do something with my spare time. And I'm pretty self-aware, so I'm like, I'm just going to get, like, 
almost like autistically obsessed with something like you know book series or like writing or painting or drawing or something because if I didn't do that I'd be like I know I'll just uh I'll just start counting calories obsessively and become like an obsessive dieter or or, like you know like working out five times a day or yeah you have like a window where you get to choose what the next addiction is before it takes over and then it's like "Mm." that's interesting but I definitely believe that um once an addict always an addict and that you have to yeah you do like but it's a shame it's so heavily intertwined with Jesus and all that hoo-ha because you're like but you know alcoholics are very funny they're very funny people at the meetings everyone's fucking so funny I think it's just because it's that most people who are alcoholics are usually like who have the personality who want to go and be around a group of people and naturally extroverted people mm. with like underlying social anxiety issues and like really like egotistical issues and so you get them in a room together and everyone's pretty funny and like and really intelligent and um self-aware so it's quite funny I think that's why comedians are so that's why so many comedians are alcoholic maybe yeah and also yeah it's an interesting thing because at the beginning of comedy they pay you only in free drinks oh really oh yeah that makes sense mm. <laughs> because mm. and then so then people get used to performing with a couple under their belt yeah and then they're not used to performing sober yeah. I mean, if you're working four nights a week mm. or five nights a week, it's a lot of nights to be drinking. Mm. Well, pretty much like. And people know, want to buy you drinks after the show. And then you go have more drinks. Next thing you know, you pass down a pool of your own vomit in someone's bed. <laughs> Wondering where the day went. Um, it's, it's good though. Like, AA is definitely a very interesting experience. I've got mm, a lot of good writing out of it too. Mm, yeah, you have a great blog. Yeah, I've got to, um, I need to update it more. Like, since I've since I've gone sober, I've actually found I used to think that you know to be a creative genius, you had to um, you know, drink. You know, you do like or your be own, miserable uh, yeah, or damaged in some way. Yeah, like do an Ernest Hemingway and just like sit there and finish a bottle, and that's how you wrote. And I look at this shit I was writing when I was tanked. I'm like, oh, that's my fucking dial. I don't know what the hell. Like, all of it was just gibberish. Um, you actually write better stuff when you're sober. I think just going, I think you need to go through that, you know, abyss to, mm. to write the good stuff. That's where the funniest things come from. That's true. Mm. That is so delicious. <laughs> it's very green. It's, uh, I like this place. So we were talking about the feminist stuff too. So you in like being a feminist and being a sex worker, how the two work? No, I think there are so many different feminisms at the moment that Mm -hmm. when somebody says that they're a feminist, it's the same as when somebody says they're a Christian. You're like, what do you mean exactly by that? Are you gun-toning redneck Christian? Are you, like, (laughs) having tea with the vicar Christian? Are you, like, Mm -hmm. faith activist Jared McKenna Christian, Mm -hmm. like, getting arrested trying to get refugee children out of jail? Like, what Christian... Oh, that that guy sounds really cool. He's very cool, though. Um, I like Christians like that. People who are like, you know, put their money where their mouth is. Like yeah, not just like sit at home on their plastic-covered furniture and like, I don't know, make their kids go to bed before the news comes on or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I guess when you say feminist, what do you mean by feminist? Mm. Because there's so many different things that you can mean. I know I'm gonna get. <laughs> I would get into so much trouble if I said this. But I don't anyway, I give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I honestly cannot stand the circle jerk. I think it is without a doubt some of the most pointless shit I've ever read. Oh my god. Some yes. of the shit they say 
Mm. And it's like, you know what? I'm really, like, everyone's deeply offended by something. I'm like, how do you cunts get out of bed and fucking face the day? How do you people get out of bed and literally face the day? I'm like, if I let every single thing get to me that I have to write a fucking 10-page blog post about it. Yeah. Okay. And it's not useful either. No. It's just adding to this, like, crazy white noise that's surrounding real issues. Like... I watched a thing about like genital mutilation in Sudan and I was sobbing. I was this is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like these girls who have no idea of like what their vagina looked like and let's mutilate it. And it was so sad. And then I saw uh, I was thinking about it and I went on Facebook and someone had been like, you know, today I got cat called and it was very I'm like, You got cat called? Like, what is with cat calling at the moment? Everyone is so obsessed with it. Like, what don't you think like I don't know, if you're a feminist, I want you to just put your money where your mouth is. You know, donate some, donate some of your money or your time to helping less women who are less fortunate than you. Like, yeah. And people have told me often, like, oh, you know, it, it's, it's not like it's about what's around you at the moment or some bullshit like that. And I'm like, like, is it? I'm like, I just feel like then when people talk about or is it things, about solving a problem that's directly in front of you so you can be blind to other problems that are real problems? Exactly, exactly. Like I had someone say to me once that I was um, that I couldn't talk about feminism or something. Or like what a sex work as they were like you're a privileged rich white girl who's gone and I'm like okay we are buddy um, <laughs> I'm like excuse me um, but that's kind of the attitude they have is like it was just weird and I but I do agree with other stuff too like some of the things I think are just noise to the wind but a lot of the stuff about a lot of the women who are um, you know women of color and like women who um, are from different cultural backgrounds I really I value their input to be honest I don't really give a fuck what kind of like Leonard Dunham has to say about shit. I think that people who actually matter, the people who aren't represented, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's, there's a very easy way to feel like you're doing something, which is to be angry about something. Mm. Anger is a really pleasant fuel for a lot of people. What do you think of that pickup artist thing, that guy that came to Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, as far as I, again, I didn't really get caught up in it. As far as I can tell, his stuff was pretty out there. Mm. Like the choking thing, I tried to watch a video on it, but I couldn't it didn't load. I was like, what the hell? Did you watch any of it? I saw a bit about him being in Japan and mm-hmm. just approaching strangers, mm. women, and pushing their head down to his penis. Well, clothed mm. in public. These poor women who are in a culture where making any kind of a fuss mm. about anything is considered the height of Rudeness. Rudeness. I have friends who used to go on shoplifting sprees in Japan because the security officers just look at them and they don't actually want to tell them off because it's really confronting. Mm. And they're like, you know, I, I, like it's pretty gross. They would go to, you know, shops and, and they're like, how cool is that? I'm like, uh, maybe yes. you could have gone and seen some art or like yeah, yeah, yeah. watched a movie, like not like spend your holiday. poor people. Mm. Can't. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Cool holiday. I took some candy from a baby and then I pushed it in its stupid <laughs> face. Like, um. <laughs> mm. The uh, who's pick up artist stuff, but you know, I mean, this makes me a bad feminist, I guess, because um, he looks not particularly unattractive. You know, if he came up to me at a bar and started choking me, I'd probably be into it. <laughs> I think the problem is that uh, the assumption is that all women would be exactly, into it. and that's the really confronting thing. But I do, I mean, it was true though, like a lot of the people were saying, you know, the guys going to those things would be like the loneliest, like saddest, like uncertain people who are like, you know, socially outcast. Yeah. Have no fucking clue. They're like, dude, I just want to get laid. I just want to find a nice girlfriend. Like, 
I don't think that they're like yeah. women hating, you know, Which is why I don't like him. Mm. Because that is not the way to find a nice girlfriend. Mm. Mm. It's a way to weed out any woman who has a spine mm. and end up with some poor person who can't say no. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I didn't even think of it that way. Exactly, it's, it's psycho. I find pickup artistry shit really terrifying. But you know what the sad, the scary part is? Before I was aware of it, it fucking worked on me. Oh, it's it's very clever psychology. Mm. I mean, on if you think of it as like a prisoner, it's any like, kind of... Like Stockholm Syndrome or something. If you think, it, it works on both men and women, mm-hmm. but it works more on women, mm. partly because of the way we're socialised and so mm-hmm. on. But... You're using very clear and well-known psychological things. Mm-hmm. Something they do in cults is like this love bombing where they make you feel very loved and then they withdraw it. And then, oh, like, okay. that's a macro-scale version of Negi mm. where they make you they compliment you and then they put a sting in the tail of it and yeah. so you get this kind of, well, give me, say, say something actually nice. And they say something a bit nice and a bit dickish. And yeah. But say something actually nice and they push your barriers and push your barriers and that's anyone when yeah. the barriers are pushed will it works though I had a guy do that to me recently actually and I didn't realise because it and, I, and in a second I'm like woo up a bit like was, yeah. I just, was I just insulted and then but it worked did you just nag me yeah because... but it's and that, that's the grossest part that it does work but yeah it's a, such a strange thing and I guess that's another reason why feminism comes into all this kind of stuff one thing I do genuinely believe is that when I definitely don't believe in the kill all men I hate men kind of shit because that frustrates me. I don't think that really exists that much. Yeah. I think the portion of people who believe in that are very small. Yeah, they're really like that, but that kind of side to it is what I often encounter and like jokingly on Tumblr and that kind of stuff. And I'm mm. like, yo, dude, like this is just so irrelevant. Like, yeah. you know, it's not about, and also kill all men is so stupid because what you should, like, what you're actually saying is kill all white men, not kill all men of colour who are already being, you know, like, this is interesting. I thought that was a really interesting debate, the one that came off the back of the 10 Hours in New York video. Yeah, the, I, even when I first watched that, I'm like, this is a racist thing I've ever seen. Like, But, it, 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 I mean, it depends. If it is racist, mm. like, the, the thing is mm. that the way white men use power over white women mm-hmm. is different mm. from this kind of catcalling. Mm. Catcalling is an issue, mm. but it's not actually the issue. Mm. Because none of those guys who are majority looking, sort of not well off looking yeah. men of colour, yeah. those guys don't have power over fucking the pay gap. Yeah, They're actually, in a very real sense, um, I read this really interesting thing. God, this is so all over the place. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, just having a chat, we're fine. We'll find our topic eventually. <laughs> I read this uh, interesting argument that the reason that there's no social mobility anymore mm-hmm. is because women entered the workforce. So mm-hmm. the positions that poor men would have fought their way up into, like mm-hmm. secretary jobs and so on, yeah. were taken by women. Yeah. So you used to be able to work your way up. Mm-hmm. But now you can't because everyone sticks in their class. Like you're mm-hmm. a middle class person, I'll get a middle class job because mm. those are the only jobs that are available. So it mm. wasn't like young, uh, you know, young poor men can't work their way up. Yeah, that makes sense. And so the catcalling thing of these guys who are actually disempowered by women mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. and by ideas of masculinity, whatever. Yeah. The real problem is not that. Like, it's annoying. Mm. It's like being approached by fucking charity muggers every mm. time you turn the corner. Like, everyone finds it annoying, depending on what mood you're in. Yeah. But equally, like, that's not the problem. Mm. That's not the oppression that we suffer. Mm. Mm. No, I agree with that. 
Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a loaded, it's a bit of a loaded bomb that the feminism question. I always wonder why I would define myself as a feminist. I definitely believe that men and women should be equal, and that I feel like a lot of the issues surrounding men and having to be like inherently masculine are products of like you know living in a world that is patriarchal and that if women if you know if, if feminism did work out it would be but then again i think i don't even know if i'm a feminist maybe i'm an egalitarian i don't know i guess i kind of fall into a weird problem. it's a weird it's I a weird gray area feminist except that now that's starting to get mm. i think we should keep the word feminist mm. i think it works i mm. don't i think that it's it, it is it does mean or it can mean or maybe it, i think it should mean what i want it to mean um sometimes on like these like uh posts I'd see on the internet would have women kind of like wringing their hands and being like I really like it when my you know my boyfriend face fucks me and just spits on my face and I can really enjoy it but I'm a bad feminist and you're like are you you're like are you though because it's okay to enjoy things sexually the, the issue is what you need to split it off is like once again like you, you can enjoy that consensually as an adult in as in whatever context you like but you can't I wouldn't you don't have to be submissive with every man all the time. You don't always have to be in a yeah. submissive sexual position. You can choose to do that or you can choose not to. It's not required if you as being a female to be choked and spanked and have your hair pulled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This family I remember reading and they wanted their child to be raised as being gender neutral. And so it was in Sweden, and I remember it still stays with me after all this time because um, I think it was a thank you. I think it was a little. I can't remember. I didn't specify as a girl or a boy, but um, they bought all these gender-neutral toys and didn't really refer to them as having a he/she pronoun or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, look, that's all well and good in the wonderful utopian society that you think you're living in, but you can't expect your child who has no idea of the concept of gender, which is wonderful and great but yeah, the, the, they're going to the, go to primary school and be like hey everybody what am I yeah exactly it's interesting yeah I don't think the saying was ever make your child be the change you want to see in the world <laughs> yeah. force your child to execute all of your fucking utopian ideals yeah it, and like how damaging you know you could go to school and kids are cruel especially yeah. at five like it's such a crucial age in learning like I would say you know this is your gender. This is what you are. You're, okay, so you're you're, you're you're technically a female, but you can play with boys, to, like you know, masculine toys, and play with female toys. Wear a dress. Wear a Spider-Man costume. I don't really mind what you do. And if you decide when you get to however old that you don't feel like that's the right one for you, then we'll do something about it. Yeah. But um, that's I think the most healthy way to raise someone, not to tell them you're like, hey, you don't have a gender. Like <laughs> you just wear you. Like I just imagine them wearing this weird like Swedish smock and just being like. <laughs> With yellow, yeah. like, ball-shaped toys. All of the toys yeah. are ball-shaped. They are not the penises, not vaginas. They are ball shapes. And it's, like, strange murky colours and nothing's, like... <laughs> yeah, nothing's distinct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the father and mother have the same haircut. Yeah. And wear the same clothes. But <laughs> <laughs> how they just... Uh, yeah, it just would make you feel like an alien in the world. Yeah, exactly. And then all you have to, like... It, the only choice then is you become a comedian, right? Mm, absolutely. There's enough of us. <laughs> I think like comedy is just without a doubt. Like, if if everyone at AA was really boring and weren't funny, I would probably be on the piss again and be like, I can't handle this. But <laughs> because everyone at AA is funny and self-aware. That's interesting. Yeah. I think like you really honestly can either laugh or cry, and everyone there has a similar attitude. Like it's all just everyone just laughs. They're all like, oh, you know what? We're all pretty fucked up. Like. 
I think without a doubt, my favourite thing I've been told so far is God can just mean group of drunks. Because it's really what you are, a group of drunks. And you all hang out, and but it's such an amazing community feeling of just people. Like, you know, it's, it's like being a tribe. one of the most salutary lessons you can learn in life is what it feels like to fail and still be a human being. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. really, like, yeah. really properly do something wrong. Yeah. Because a lot of your childhood is spent being told you shouldn't. Mm. And that these are the ways to go through life and so you don't ever make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know... Like, on one hand, you see these young comedians who come in with the attitude that you used to mm. have of, like, in order to be a comedian, I need to be damaged, so I'm going to get pissed and sleep with people I shouldn't sleep with. Yeah. I can, like, just completely make drama and... Silence is golden, Yeah, yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> the more you tell everyone about how you Superman the two other female yeah, comedians, yeah, yeah. the less chances you are going to get Superman. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, and then, <laughs> on the other hand, I just think knowing what it feels like one of the reasons uh, that women are less likely to be entrepreneurs one mm-hmm. of the many reasons whatever yeah um, but it's also that when we're young we don't fail mm. because we behave well at school do yeah. boys run around and they're rough and they get in trouble yeah. a lot they get in trouble a lot yeah. just being boys and then they learn that it's not the worst thing in the world to get in trouble mm-hmm and they get forgiven for being in trouble. And boys will be boys. Like, you have to be punished, but then you can be fine and everyone's yeah. fine and everyone still loves you. Mm-hmm. Girls don't learn that everyone still loves you if you fuck up. No. <laughs> no, they don't at all. And they just think, oh, my God, if I fuck up, everyone will stop loving me. Yeah, absolutely. So then I think that's another reason, too, why women go back to destructive relationships and stuff, too, you know? Yeah, if, if I fail this yeah. relationship... Yeah, I have a, I've got some interesting insight into the whole dynamic of that kind of stuff. Like, um, I definitely believe, like, I have a couple of theories about abusive relationships because I've mm-hmm. been in one. First one is I often believe that people who I believe myself personally that masochism and sadism play a really big hand in a domestic relationship. Yeah. And oftentimes I think that it's like... Uh, like hate me until you love me or something like some yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. you know it's like I being can, it's it's a psychological yeah it's a psychological kind of um, masochism you know especially if you haven't explored or you're young and you haven't explored the idea of pain sexually like and in a purely safe environment you yeah. often look for that pain and that love and that pain and that love the tenderness and the hatred like strong emotion is really yeah. easy to, it's really easy to mistake one strong emotion for another strong emotion yeah because they are so really not they're, very, they're very similar. Oh, I read a really, or heard a really interesting thing that was great, really great, mm-hmm. uh, about pain, um, which is people who go to the gym mm-hmm. fucking do a thousand reps of something and come back being like, oh, fuck, I'm so broken. Yeah. That was amazing. I loved that. <laughs> no one accuses them of being perverts. Yeah. And, they, you know, they're doing this thing. Oh, Yeah. To get fit, but there are easier and less painful ways to get fit. Yeah. So like unless you're flogging yourself, you know what I mean, to is, repent for your sins. It really is. And I don't really see the difference between that kind of gym crazy thing. Yeah. And sadomasochist people. No, like me. I really don't. It's like just that one we've decided is an acceptable kind of way of enjoying pain, and the other way is not acceptable way of enjoying. Pain. Yeah. Well, I think that like we do enjoy pain. You get fucking endorphins. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I honestly, I really do think there's a link, and if I ever get to uni and do my psychology degree, get my master's, I swear that'll be the first thing I study, to see there's a correlation between people who are masochists and people who enter abusive relationships. Mm. You know, I really think that there's a massive 
connection there that I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but I really feel like there's something to it. And also, um, what's the other thing about those, like, you know, abusive kind of relationships when it comes to women? I, I also believe it's kind of a thing like, um, how can I put this? Uh, I wrote it out the other day. Oh, I can't remember. I thought it would come to me in a minute, but it was something about, like, just going back for more, like, another thing that really irritates me is when people look at them as being like, oh, they must have just started out that way. Why didn't she leave him? It's like you're fucking lunatics. You don't understand the way abuse cycles work. It's like what we're saying about necking. It's like a little bit of love, a little bit of love, and hatred. You yeah. know, a little bit. And then over time, the gap goes from being lots of love and a small bit of hatred to being hatred all the time and a tiny bit of love that keeps that person going back in again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, uh, my friend Laura Davis did a show at the last festival. I think she'll do it again. It's brilliant show mm-hmm. about her very mildly abusive relationship but yeah. it was properly yeah there's not, there's not a there's not a kinsey scale it was abusive you and know she what I mean? said part of the problem was that she knew that he had problems mm-hmm. and she felt like because she understood him and understood why he was being a dick mm-hmm. then it was kind of her she was okay she didn't have to be hurt by it. He just needed to express these feelings and he needed yeah. to be a dick. And it was okay. She could take it. Mm. She was the one, only one who could take it and he needed to behave like this. Yeah. And so why would she not, because she loved him, why would she not just take the hit? Yeah. In this instance, not physical but emotional hits mm. where he'd treat her like she was worth nothing. And I think, naively enough, at the time she thought she could take those hits without being damaged by them. Mm. But you can't. No. Those those kind of relationships, I really, like, I just have the, seriously, so sobriety. It's like, woo, you know? It's like epiphanies left, right, and centre. Um, and one of them was about the idea... Probably why you were not sober <laughs> until now. Maybe you weren't ready to get epiphanies. Yeah, they're, they're interesting, though. And they come at weird times. One of them was about how... Okay, so with these, like, abusive relationships and those people... Oh, no, it's totally escaped me again. What's going on in my brain? This is the thing. All the short circuiting's not still working properly yet. What were we on so, about? So too much tea. What were we talking about? That was a bit about. We're talking Abusive about relationships. Yeah, and about your friend who went back for more, and the wounds kind of hurt her and stuff. Oh. Yeah, that she thought she could take it. Yeah, that's right. And she felt strong about it. She felt like she was the strong one. Yeah. Which was actually, for me, that was a revolution. You know idea. what? It's, I've actually got it in my phone. I'm just going to look it up because if I don't, I'm going to go nuts. Because <laughs> it was actually good what I was talking about. All right, hold up a second. We'll find it. So is that your end game? Do you think you want to be a psych? I think I'm going to end up working in... um science or like journalism and, and science and I really I don't want to be a psychologist because I don't I love hearing my friends problems and helping them but a stranger I'm just going to want to reach over there and just say fucking pull it together you know what I mean like yeah. like fucking get a grip and I'm um, so not a good person to do it but I would like to do research it's like spinach but it will make you like high on tea cool I remember uh, the first time I had it, I was like 16, and I was waiting for the guy to do some songwriting. Yeah. And uh, I had the tea, and then I went home, and then every time the gate clinked, we got like a fucking, like a heart attack. I was like, oh my god, do I have a crush on him? I don't think I have a crush on him. Oh, it's just the tea. (laughs) Natural highs. Yeah, it's nice, nice. um, I'm learning all about them. Like, tell you you what. There's lots of of stuff, though, like... um, 
I don't realise too, but like you actually meet nice people. There's actually lots of hot guys at um, you know, straight edge. Well, um, yeah, at, at meetings. I'm like, hmm, cool. <laughs> That's not, interesting. Yeah, lots of like tortured artist types. Oh, who've just gone down the rabbit hole mm. and are trying to yeah, worm their way out. It's nice. Oh, there's what? a um, dance party that's happening in Sweden now, mm-hmm. like a clean, straight edge dance party. That sounds like fun. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I I am a non-drinker from mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Combo of being brought up Buddhist and cool. having to look after my mum, so feeling like an overactive sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't. Yeah. yeah, can't fuck up, can't fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everyone will hate me. Mm-hmm. And there was a phase where it was annoying, like mm-hmm. where I was like, Ugh, I'm, I am the bummer. Mm. And then at the other end, now I'm coming to like, there's a lot of comedians now my age who are not drinking. Yeah, because they did that, and it's mm. you know, it's like, oh. there's all, yeah, definitely want to do more. I need to do more comedy and stuff. Honestly, like, well, I, you're very funny. <laughs> thanks. All my, all everything I've done. Everything I've wanted, I haven't done. You know, that's the thing. Like, when you have a fucking a substance problem, that's why I don't understand how people create art. I'm like, how the hell did you find time to do that? But pick up the pencil and pass out on the table. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it feels good now to actually want to do things again, to want to be funny, to want to do stand-up, to want to paint and draw and, like, create. And, and now I have all this free time. I'm like, sweet, you know? Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's do this. Yeah, I want to do more stand-up, definitely. I'm trying to... um do some I'm going to try and do something in Brisbane I think Brisbane is a brutal place to start <laughs> but the people who come out of Brisbane are yeah. rock solid like yeah. Sam Campbell Greg Larson mm-hmm. um, you see them all who are just like um, what's his name Greg Sullivan I think I definitely want to do some stuff now I think now I've got the AA thing happening that could be funny you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> yeah. especially because I'm so young and I'm like yeah I'm fucking 21 like <laughs> I've done the hard yards already so yeah. yeah I think it'd be good to do that kind of stuff again especially because it just I like making people laugh but yeah I think Brisbane I'm kind of a fan of going to places where you have to just it's like all in you know what I mean yeah like balls to the wall like it's so hard so I'm gonna have to learn to do stand up without being tanked which would be interesting (laughs) like I have to learn to be funny without being drunk I'm actually funnier when I'm not drunk I'm an idiot when I'm drunk I sound like a fucking moron I still can't believe you managed to get up on stage after what happened I'm like yeah I was pretty like (laughs) out of it yeah on, on, on autopilot yeah um, and I've realised yeah, still funny though doing new material doesn't work yet I mm-hmm. can't do new material but I can you know read off a page or do material that I'm super comfortable in which yeah. is good because I've been doing it long enough now that I have a back catalogue of yeah yeah I have like I have so much stuff that I know that I need to like I feel like there were some bits from the show that we that I did that were funny and I need to like translate them so that they're accessible for people who aren't a sex worker. Yeah. If I had an audience full of hookers, everyone would be pissing themselves, but Well you have a um, unique voice. You'll find your own rhythm, but you've already got a unique perspective on the world, mm. right? There's mm. there aren't that many people with your life experiences on stage. Mm. Um this is the one thing. Mm. The, the bit that you'll struggle with is what are the reference points that the audience knows? What do you yeah. need to explain? Yeah. Because you've had these ideas. Yeah. They've never had these ideas. Yeah. You have to figure out what the steps were for you. Yeah. What are the necessary steps? Cut everything else out and get the the setup yeah. as quickly as possible so you can hit the punchline. Yeah. So whatever it is. Yeah. Like if it's a joke about sugar daddies, mm. is that something most people know? Yes, most people know about that. Okay, yeah. cool. Tick. If it's something else that's more obscure, do they know about that? BSDM. Do I have to explain that? BDSM? BDSM. Yeah. Uh, 
do I have to explain that? Yes, okay, I've got two lines that will concisely and wittily explain what that is, so then I can make a joke about it. Yeah, like that structuring. I remember I started getting into comedy, I was trying to find like a book about how to structure jokes and stuff. Mm. Like, is there any good ones out there? Um, Tim Ferguson, Cheeky Monkey, it's Mm. more about long-form narrative, but it has a good um, basis. Cool. The best way to do it is to do it or to watch as much as you can yeah and you get the kind of without being derivative you kind of get the sense of what works and what doesn't yeah um and then yeah just getting on stage and and figuring out where you're funny yeah because you're not going to be funny like i'm not going to be funny in the way that tom ballard is funny yeah whatever i'm just yeah everyone has a very different way of being funny i'm still going to work out what mine is unfortunately when i'm trying to be when i'm funny it's when i'm always really bogan and i don't mean to be but i'm like oh i've got to like draw an eye night out or something trying to be less darrow um or you can do a character yeah that's an easy way to go yeah i think i probably tend to get into this weird australian slotty bogan character (laughs) like but yeah i think like i'd love to do more i definitely enjoyed being on stage Everyone, my friend Christina was like, oh, you look really calm up there. I was, like, sweating. I was like, I'm going to fucking throw up over You did look really calm. (laughs) You really had it. I did not feel calm. I was like, I thought I was going to pass out on the stage. No, it was really cool to do that. I definitely need to do more of it. It's hard hard to translate being funny into writing sometimes. Yeah, it is. Mm. But it's not a bad discipline Mm. as well, figuring out how to get something packed Mm. down. I think... um, It'll be interesting to see you on stage because um, I don't know well enough, but I would imagine your work is a bit performative as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But without, in the same way as comedy, you have to be able to perform, but it can't be a lie. Yeah. Like if it's a hundred percent a lie, people can sort of smell it. Yeah. They can tell if you're really just it's just a mask. So you have to figure out a way to kind of be in it without being a hundred percent out. Like you, you have to have the the artifice but it also has to be has to come from like a, a real projection place. of yourself like a, hol- yeah. like a hologram almost of yourself yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. that and makes a lot of sense i'm much more expressive on stage than i am in real life but it's yeah. all true and the times it doesn't work is when i'm just saying the words mm. i'm not feeling the joke yes absolutely i think my favorite comedian of all time is bill hicks and it sounds really cliche but he is like my favorite. What are you, a 19-year-old boy? I know. I just love him so much. I just he's think great. I just think he's so funny. Like I, and the, just his way of getting on stage and acting as well too. Like how he just like commands the whole space. You yeah. know, I just love that. I think that's something I'd like to try and do more of is like actually acting out things because I re- I used to love doing acting at school and I yeah. can be funny when I use like my hands or like gestures or like changing I think that's a really interesting way of like being on stage as well too improv maybe try some improv I haven't done that before with that's that fine I used to love um Tina Fey but then I realized she actually hates sex workers unfortunately she makes a lot of really shit stripper jokes and hooker jokes and really sad because I loved 30 Rock and I thought she and Mean Girls is one of my favorite comedies I think it's so well written and then turns out that she's yeah doesn't have a lot of time for people in the sex industry but I think that's some kind of weird insecurity. That's an insecurity or an ignorance, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I think... I th- uh, and Americans. Americans are very sex-phobic, mm, they are. generally. Like, there's a reason that Halloween costumes are all slutty costumes. because yeah. they're terrified of boobs. Like, they're just... <laughs> yeah. Like, the, you know what I mean? That yeah. Sex is the scariest thing for them. You have to um, link me to some good female comedians and stuff to watch and people, yes. people's shows to go and see. Because I, I want to go and see more females performing. I mean, in Australia, there 
are some good ones. In, in America, if you want to go on a YouTube binge, mm-hmm. Tig Notaro and mm-hmm. Maria Bamford. Good name sounds familiar. That second one sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah fucking top notch. Really good. Yeah, I like funny women. I think they're great. Maybe, is this place going to close off? Yeah, we yeah. should uh, head off. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's some stuff in there you can use. This is kind of, kind of rambling on, but that's all right. Where can people find you online? Um, Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. Gia James XXX? Yeah. Gia with a G. Yeah. All right. Having tea with Alice. <laughs>